Hello everyone and welcome back to Ravenhill Roundup. This week we have a very special show. Uh, we're going to be looking into the Ireland matches that have been happening during the November uh, series uh, before we go back into Ulster versus Zebra uh, on Friday the 25th of November. So very special because yes we're talking about Ireland and the successes that they've had over the past month but we're also bringing back a very special guest Adam Latham so the episode is the interview that Lewis done with Adam a couple of days ago I was unavailable so this is all you'll hear from me this week but we'll be back next week talking about the games across the URC um, so enjoy and I will see y'all next week. In 35, Fiji 17, and Ireland 13, Australia 10. We're done as well. Afternoon, Adam. How are you? It's all afternoon, Lewis. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good. Uh, let's start off with the Ireland games. So, Ireland 19, South Africa 16, Ireland 35, Fiji 17, and Ireland 13, Australia 10. What did you make of the uh, Autumn Internationals as a whole from an Ireland point of view? Um, very, very promising. I, I don't think we necessarily played to... I, 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 I personally don't think we played the best that we could play, but... I think the South Africa game, we came close to it. Um, the Fiji game lacked in a bit of fizz, but I think that's mm-hmm. just due to throwing a team together. Yeah, like a completely different team together. Mm. I think the Australia game was a bit... Uh, what can I say? It was boring. <laughs> it was really boring. I feel like defence-wise, it was brilliant. Like, if, you, if you're if you a person that loves defence, it was brilliant. But... I think we lacked a bit of fizz and I, I don't know if that's because of Sexton dropping out early um, but I, I would have wanted Jack Crawley to start anyway in that sort of game mm-hmm. I would have wanted Jack Crawley to be almost thrown into the deep end when it comes to a, a, a southern hemisphere team whether that be in Australia or in Argentina or let's say if we were playing New Zealand this year we would have put him in, like in the Autumn Internationals we would have put him against Australia no, no, South Africa even I think I think there's a lot of promising signs, but uh, I think the most promising sign was that we're we're playing a nice brand, like a nice but kind of boring brand of rugby and still winning games, whereas seven years ago, even under Joe Schmidt, we'd have lost those games, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I suppose it's important not to peak now, and we've learned already in the last few years that we need to be peaking at the World Cup. Um, yeah. do, you think, do you think it's a big worry that when Saxon doesn't seem to be playing, Ireland's performance seems to drop a good bit. See, this is when I'm going to um, drop a shocking thought. I, I don't think it would be beneficial to take Saxon to a Six Nations issue. Mm-hmm. I think Jack Crawley, um, Kieran Frawley, who's out for three or four months, um, but I, I think Crawley is, is, is way better. Um I think starting him and Ross Byrne shows that he's got a good enough boot in terms of that sort of situation. I think bringing up a set of fresh-faced fly-halves, because 
every single World Cup, whether that be 2015 World Cup when Sexton came off injured and Ian Madigan had to play the rest of the France game. Yeah. 2019 World Cup, we were just completely struck off for fly halves. Like, I can't remember who was the backup fly half even then. Um, it would have been like a Ross Burn, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it would have been Joey Carberry, but Joey Carberry's... Oh, we've got 10 minutes left in the recording. We're going to have to start recording again. But... Um, but I feel like Joey Carberry is one of those players that he's always injured and he's never that reliable in terms of injury-wise. He's a class player, but I don't think... I th- I think what they should have done is what South Africa did with Dwayne Vermeulen this year in the Autumn Internationals. We know what Johnny Sexton can do. We know he's good enough. Now let's just wrap him up in bubble wrap yeah. for the World Cup. I definitely agree for the World Cup. Do you think uh, Jack Crowley's next in line? Do you think he's the next big big out half for Ireland uh, yes I think there's something different between what we see in Jack Crawley compared to all the fly halves that tried to make it um, Ian Madigan um, etc I feel like there's like a lot of um, fly halves that we've seen try to get there never quite make it but I feel like Jack Crawley for being 22 and you know even defensively controlling that game well on Saturday Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he's got all the tools to be Ireland's next ten, and, and I don't see why not. Like why why he can kick on, yeah, and be successful for Munster and, and Ireland. Like it's I have be to agree with you because one. for me, there's a lot of out halves in Ireland, the likes of uh, Billy Burns and Jack Cardy, who just perform week in week out really good for their really. club, and they're just not quite good enough international level. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think the top five fly halves in Ireland, which has been discussed a lot on Twitter, I've seen some mad, mad, like, I, I, I don't get the hype with Kieran Frawley. No, I, I just don't. I just remember him as a centre. Every time I've seen him play for Leinster, I just remember him as a centre. And yeah. all of a sudden, he's now trying to get thrusted into this 10 role where there's Jake, um, Jack Crawley, uh, we've got Jake Flannery, who hasn't really made a break yet for Ulster. Not at all, um, though. Like, it, there's, like, loads of young fly halves. There's even um, uh, David Humphrey's son's coming through, but I don't think he's going to break through either. Um, but there's so many options at fly half now that we should take the gamble. Like, I don't think winning the Six Nations would be beneficial to us, which is... Stupid to say now, and I would disagree with myself in a couple of months' time, but I think if we were to show how much Irish rugby's grown without Joe Schmidt, or even during Joe Schmidt's time, we need to win this World Cup. Oh, yeah, and definitely. I think it's, uh, get, at least getting to the final, that would be that would be a big advantage, wouldn't it? Getting past the quarterfinal, I just need something like that. You know, just bit, bits of hope that we need to extend on because I also think as well we've got a problem at scrum half Gibson Park I can't like I, I just, it, it would be I, I wouldn't rate him I think some of his box kicking was odd uh, in the whole autumn internationals it's yeah I have to agree I think I think if yeah. there tends to be a weakness in the Ireland team at the minute it would have to be at scrum half Gibson Park's not performing the best uh that's why I, I, I don't think Craig Casey's um, rated as highly as some people think, and 
obviously we know Connor Murray getting old now, quite injury prone. Yeah. Would you say that's their main weakness? Yeah, I also think that Nathan Doak's not going to have a chance until until Johnny Sexton retires because famously Johnny Sexton doesn't like scrum halves that can kick. Yeah. Like he doesn't like giving he doesn't like giving away things. He like Nathan Doak can make a hundred percent of his kicks for the rest of the season, and Sexton can miss, uh, let's say twenty percent, twenty five percent, and Nathan Doak still wouldn't get sniffed in the Ireland squad. I also think what we need to do with the scrum half in the Six Nations this year is have because if we rely too much on Gibson Park, which I feel we do, um, it's just really undercooking anything that Craig Casey has to offer. And we know that he he, he, can, he can play well, he can play very well. Um, Connor Murray has he passed it possibly? Does that make me sad? Uh, like looking back on things, yeah, yeah, it does, but. I don't think I think the likes of like Nathan Doak, Blade, there's like so many scrum halves again. There's also even uh, Michael McDonald, uh, who we've signed, who hasn't really made a start for Ulster yet either. Um, don't think he's made his professional debut yet for Ulster. Um, no, like just the friendly game. Mm-hmm. So why are we signing, you know, Irish qualified players to play in A squads, like Ireland A squads, but not play for provinces? Why are we trying to build separate squads, you know, to to kick on? Whereas, I don't know, it it's really annoying. I think Crawley, um, no, uh, whatever. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, I think just the problem at nine and ten is a big, massive problem. I think everywhere else we are sorted. Yeah. We are like completely. I think this is the strongest an Ireland squad has ever been for depth, but. Uh, annoyingly enough it's at 9 and 10 that's the problem mm-hmm. yeah definitely so let's start up talking about the Ulster players who featured for Ireland over these November internationals starting off with Stuart McCluskey uh, played all three games at 12 uh, his first his first per- appearances against a tier 1 nation how did you think he did in the three games Um, I thought he played exceptionally well against South Africa and then he sadly came off um, yeah. I also think he played very well against um, he played very well against Fiji as well um, Australia he was in a different sort of role he had to be more defensive hey, but he done uh, his defensive role well didn't he against Australia he did he, did, he really did it, I think I, I think him making this breakthrough in the Ireland squad is hopefully a sign of things to come and where I do want him to be I do want him to be in that Six Nations squad. Like, it'd be it'd be nice to see him play against more Tier One sides and actually kick on a bit for the Ireland squad. Um, do you think he's up at Ireland's third choice centre at the moment, behind Ringrose and Henshaw now? Second uh, yeah. choice at twelve. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I think um, the beauty of Robbie Henshaw is that he can play both twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of. If Henshaw's ever out, that Stuart McCluskey can easily slot in because he's like a he's like a, a Henshaw type player. He can kick. He can like he's shown he can kick. He shows he can pass. He shows he can run over people, tackle people, hold people up. Like the one thing that Johnny Sexton loves to do is hold people up in a tackle. And the amount of times that he's done that with Johnny Sexton and it's worked, you know. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's like the perfect 12 for Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Like, like he is the perfect 12 for Johnny Sexton. Big would take a hit, you know, um, you know, choo-choo still all the way. I'm on the, like, I've been on the Stuart McCluskey bandwagon since he made his debut for Ulster when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I remember when he was taking kicks for us at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we had a few players away at the World Cup. Yeah, it was World Cup injuries. Stuart McCluskey had a man bun. He was taking kicks from the corner, <laughs> taking kicks from the sidelines. It was insane. So you that think he's certainly taking Bondiaki now at this stage? Yeah, I think Bondiaki's um, record of red cards and yellow cards is starting to look a bit sour. Um, but I, I can still see in a World Cup squad that Stuart McCluskey would not get picked in front of Bundyaki and I think that's just the way Andy Farrell works you don't but think so? Well yeah, well yeah because look at how Bundyaki dandered into the squad mm-hmm. you know after a red card as well yeah well fingers um, crossed uh, Stuart gets his gets his game time at the Six Nations and that'll set him up well for the World Cup oh yeah hopefully hopefully I think as well like um, also having a good crack at the Champions Cup and also the league like both of them like the league should be winnable the Champions Cup would be glorious any type of trophy would be glorious but anything would help Stuart McCluskey and I feel like he, he knows that yep definitely some very good points made by Adam there in the interview about Ireland and the Ulster players thank you very much for coming on once again Adam it's always great to have you um, if you would like to get involved, as Adam has, get in touch with us on the old Instagram, and we'll work out a way to get you on and uh, have we interview. We love the the camaraderie that we can have on this channel, and really bring a new focus to the fans of Ulster Rugby. Ulster have Zebra. It'll be tomorrow. Uh, for me, recording this. Uh, be tomorrow whenever this goes up as well so in my opinion this should be an easy walk for Ulster as long as the fitness is there there have been a lot of players away Uh, the Ireland that would start for us and there are from the team sheet that I've seen um, there are a few rotations but it's still a really really solid team especially going up against a team like Zebra who haven't had a good start, never really do have a good start do they? Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to go for a pretty solid, I would say it'll probably be 36-5. I'll go the Ulster. I do think Zebra might get a try whenever it comes to the fitness sort of towards the end maybe but do you think that Ulster are going to just hold the ball and get over the lines the the times of the need um, and a few, few penalty kicks of course I would imagine Zebra haven't been the most disciplined so far uh, a few yellows uh, I think they had a red the other week um, and of course we do have the depth you know, we've seen it in the Emerging Ireland, the amount of players that got called up in it, and as well in the actual Ireland squad. Although, I wouldn't imagine that a lot of them will be playing 
full stop. Never mind. Um, the the full coming on. I mean, um, coming on during the match. But that'll do us for now. Regular episode will be out next week, talking about everything that has went on in the URC, and hopefully Ulster get the the win. If you would like to get involved, once again, send us a wee message on the Instagram and we'll get in touch with you. It is at Ravenhill underscore roundup. Post near enough daily now, uh, giving team news and, and what's going on. Um, so give us a follow over there and like the post. And thank you very much. Before I go as well, I seen I was going to bring it up uh, on the week's show, but I think that I might as well just do it now, seeing it's a bit shorter and catches at the end. I've been watching the Football World Cup pretty religiously, and uh, the pundits are now saying that they should stop the clock in between play, which I find quite funny that now they're saying it. Uh, so... Just a wee, a wee take from rugby once again, just like their video refereeing uh, as as we have in rugby. Uh, might be another wee steal from them. I personally prefer just stopping the clock like what happens in rugby. So maybe we'll see football taking another one of rugby's uh, refereeing decisions on. We'll see what happens with that. Maybe nothing will happen. Maybe it will come in and we'll have to go up in uproar saying, you stop stealing our stuff. That'll do me, however. Uh, I hope that you have an amazing weekend and I'll see you next week.